Hi, I'm Rodney. I'm an alcoholic. And uh, my topic tonight is um, how to tell if your sponsee is in relapse. And uh, most of you here have either been sponsors or sponsees or maybe thinking about it. And so this might be helpful to either side. And uh, I myself have been a sponsor and a sponsee, so I'm drawing on my own personal experience both ways. And yeah. I was thinking that as far as um, relapse goes, it could be either um, well, it relapse happens before you take the first fix pill lines, drink whatever it is, and uh, so there's many little um, symptoms or signs that come along before that actually occurs. Um, picking up is actually the last the last phase of a long string of changes that. A sensitive sponsor might might be able to pick up on. So um, I was thinking about some of the ones that I've done to uh, get out of, of uh, uh, being being sponsored, and some some of the ones that I see uh, my sponsees doing. So I thought I'd just go over a, a list rather quickly and um, see if this makes sense. Um, one of the things that I've seen is is uh, the sponsee will give lip service to a certain. Uh, um, idea of, of recovery, such as um, making a, a commitment to meetings, so many meetings per week or um, per month or something like, like 90 and 90, and, and they make that commitment rather easily, and yet um, in talking to them later, they, they seem to have waffled on that, on that decision, so they don't really follow through on that. So to me, that's, a, that's starting to be a red flag. They haven't, they haven't followed through on their commitment to me and, more importantly, to themselves. <coughs> Another one would be um, stopping attending um, the home group or the regular meeting where, where people would see them on a regular basis. So uh, we try to encourage everyone to have a home group and at least go to a meeting on a regular basis, once a week or maybe even more often if it's a, if it's a daily meeting. So they, they get to be known and people will wonder uh, what's happening if they're not there. So when, when I see, um, or when I don't see one of my sponsees going to one of those regular meetings, then I start to wonder, I think, what's, wonder what's happening. Um, another, another thing that could be a, a warning sign would be not calling or maintaining contact with the sponsor. So um, sometimes that's hard to do. Sometimes um, it, it's easy to do, but in any case, you've, the sponsee probably has made a commitment with, with their sponsor to call on a on a regular basis, whether once a month, once a week, once a day, several times a day, whatever it is, as, as the sponsee and the sponsor have determined would be helpful in, in maintaining recovery. So uh, when, that, when that drops away, that's another sign that, that something's happened to that sponsee's program. They've, they've, they've made a subtle change that they're not going to do what they said they would do. Um, and then frequently there'll be that'll be followed with making excuses for why they didn't do that. And, you know, maybe it's their relationship, or maybe it's their work, or maybe it's their their other activities that get in the way of of uh, following through on their commitments, such as telephoning or working a step or something like that. And you know, and, and you know, as a person who who does that too, you know, I'm not the best at, at following through on my commitments. And I don't always ascribe it to relapse, but it can be one of the one of the telltale uh, symptoms of not of not working the program very well anymore, and actually starting to leave the uh, the fellowship in a very subtle way. 
Another thing that I pick up on when, you know, from myself or from other people is when the uh, sponsee is, um, isn't, isn't sharing at a meeting. And I think sharing is like really important. A meeting like this is so big it's pretty hard to share unless you raise your hand. And, and for me it's even uh, a little bit intimidating to, just to talk when I'm called on. But there should be a meeting where, where the sponsee goes and is able to share what's going on a re, on a regular basis, where he, where he or she becomes known. And that's, that's how we get known, as we share either before, during, or after the meeting. So if the person isn't doing that, or if they, stops, if they stop doing that, that's, a, that's something that I, I pick up on and I think, hmm, what, what's going on with that person? Another one might be coming late, leaving early. So they, they come after the meeting started and they leave before the meeting's ended because they don't want to stick around to, to be asked any, any um, um, questions about how they're doing or they don't want to have to uh, be accountable for some part of their uh, program that they're working or not working. Um, sometimes we see um, developing new destructive habits as, as another symptom of relapse. And that could be you know, working too much, you know, getting, uh, going through a lot of relationships, getting to sex, gambling, um, maybe just getting to some sort of heavy ad adrenaline um, activity, um, maybe spending too much money, overeating, stuff like that. And those are all uh, attempts to fill the void of the emptiness that we're trying, the rest of us are trying to fill with, with a spiritual recovery. So that's a sign to me. Um, another, another symptom might be... Um, romancing the old times, so glorifying the good old days, talking about how much fun he or she had when they were, before they came into the fellowship, you know, and really, really getting into it. And that's, that's very dangerous with a newcomer, and it's, it's kind of dicey with old timers, but still, um, when I hear somebody doing that, you know, just getting too far into the, the drug use or the alcohol drinking, uh, then I start thinking, I wonder if that person's in relapse. Um, Another thing that I might pick up on would be getting into self-pity, you know, the poor me's, and uh, feeling like the, the, everybody's out to, to get me or, or get them, and, and um, that, it, you know, that recovery and life is getting really too hard. And, and then this often is followed by an unrealistic desire to be happy without being willing to do any of the work necessary to make things better. So people are talking about, you know, how life is just too difficult being clean and sober, and, uh, and yet they're not doing the things that the rest of us have had to do to get where we got. So, um, and then sometimes that even uh, can be um, seen as magical thinking, you know, like hoping to win the lottery or maybe uh, get a big inheritance or something. They want, they want things to suddenly change without them having to do anything to make it better. And that's not how recovery works. It's, it's, a, lot of, it's a lot of work and we all have to do it. And, and so when the person starts talking about that, I start, start thinking, uh-oh, there's something going on here. And a few more. Um, uh, one of them would be looking up the old using uh, friends, maybe going to uh, the old hangouts, the bars, or getting on a dart team or a pool team or a, a drinking bowling team or something like that. And, and when I see that, that means that they've given up trying to make clean and sober friends and do clean and sober activities. They want to go back to the people that they used to use with. And I think that's a, uh, a danger sign, too. Um, and I think the last one I have on here is, is about anger. And uh, when I hear a sponsor or when uh, I've been angry myself, um, uh, anger is a danger sign to me. And um, it talks about in the big book is res about resentments. And we have to be very careful about that. And when somebody's 
angry most of the time, not all the time, or, but uh, I think that's another, another dangerous uh, sign of, of um, impending um, use or maybe just um, some sort of self-sabotage and uh, is on their way out. So this is not a complete list, but it was what I put together. So thanks. <laughs>